My LA Galaxy are the worst team in MLS right now. Thank you very much, DC United. Appreciate it. On the heels of the MLS transfer window shutting, my LA Galaxy are now the worst team in Major League Soccer on the pitch. Done. DC United making some big moves before the uh, deadline. I know the Galaxy got Jonathan Dos Santos. Don't forget that. And this team has talent. Siggy Schmidt is the guy to turn this around. But right now, the way they're playing, they're the worst team in MLS. Hello, everyone. I'm Dave Denholm. This is Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA 710, the home for world football here in Southern California, presented by Puente Hills Toyota. Get your new 2017 Toyota Camry LE today at Puente Hills Toyota. Check them out, PuenteHillsToyota.com. It is that co- What a massive show we have for the beautiful game. Everything coming at you. Not only are my LA Galaxy the worst team in MLS, LAFC has signed their first big name, their first designated player. It's a a name familiar to all of us. Carlos Vela. LAFC announcing it via Instagram, of course, it would seem. Yeah, that's exactly what this is. So LAFC, isn't it? That's so LAFC. So Carlos Vela, the uh, Mexican internationals, the first designated player, the first real name. No offense to a couple of kids they signed a couple of years ago, but the first real Big signing for LAFC as they get ready for their debut next season in MLS. So I'm I'm scrolling through, and this is just so telling. I'm scrolling through Twitter earlier on my feed, which is predominantly soccer, if I'm being honest. And it it has the big announcement of Vela, essentially, with the just a name. Vela with the LA as part of their symbol with the wings and the beautiful. Oh, I hate that that symbol. So gorgeous. Hate it. And it's just beautiful, but it says Vela, right, with the LAFC, essentially, the LA part of it. And immediately, I mean, the next tweet on my timeline is the LA Galaxy tweeting, hey, remember 10 years ago, the opening or the uh, the breakthrough of David Beckham coming or the first, whatever, first appearance? And that's great. That was the biggest thing to ever happen to MLS besides the league forming, and it always will be. But it's so telling right now. LAFC building with all this excitement and the Galaxy looking 10 years ago. One tweet, two tweets, right in a row. Just very telling. So Carlos Vela is in. We will be talking with Bob Bradley, the head coach, the manager of LAFC, coming up. Yes, this show is jam-packed. We also got ESPN FC, Sebastian Salazar. He'll be joining me. We've got news about Rafa Marquez, my least favorite soccer player on the planet. But you never want to revel in with the news that's coming out about him, that's for sure. We don't want to make light of that. I am Dave Home. You can hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. People's uh, questions for Bob Bradley are flooding in. If you want to do that as well, hit me up, at TalkSoccer. Uh, we also have the Premier League pre- preview I'm going to get into. But really, my LA Galaxy have hit a new low. Did you see oh, this, the way they're playing? And I know Siggy, look, is a good move to bring him in. It had to be done. He'll write the ship. I have firm belief in that. I'm not bailing on the team. This team is dreadful right now. The worst team on the pitch in MLS. That is not hyperbole. I don't know who they could beat right now consistently. That is not hyperbole. That is the situation they are in. Doesn't mean it can't be fixed. But, man, I am starting to think now this is going to take more than just a, oh, cool, Siggy, snap of the fingers. Hey, Jonathan Dos Santos, welcome. Here we go. 
look out, we're going to vault right up the standings. I mean, there's time, I guess, but we're running out of games here. And there's no indication this team's going to magically turn it around. Yala Van Damme, is he going? Look, I'm the guy who told you he needed to go before the rumors even came out, before the stories even broke, right? I know I'm the most modest man in the history of radio and the most modest man you'll find in all of soccer, but I told you he had to go. And now it looks like he might be on his way out. So many things going down. It is just a jam-packed week here. And the Carlos Vela signing... For LAFC, you're going to hear a lot of people talking about, oh, this isn't a great signing. Look out. This is great for LAFC. Come on. This dude is talented. Yeah, does uh, Bob Bradley have his work cut out for him? Does he have to harness that? Does he have to build a run? Yes. 100%. But is Carlos Vela a worthy uh, talent to be putting out on the field as a designated player as your first DP in, in club history? Yes. Of course he is. Absolutely. Could he become a superstar in MLS? You bet. No doubt. The guy is talented every day. And twice on Sunday. He's that good. Come on. Don't don't try to be looking down on this like, oh, this is a not a great move. You're just a hater if you're talking about that. And you know what, L Tree fan? I'm tired of hearing about, oh no. He's going to MLS. It's going to hurt his... Pro- Shut up. Be qu- Seriously, you ain't won anything lately anyway. Stop it. And I still believe El Tree is talented. Carlos Vela can be a part of that. And he's, it's not going to hurt his game to play in him. Just stop. Have you seen Canetero play lately? Are you kidding me? Have you seen my beloved Pachuca suck lately? And you're worried about him playing in MLS? Give me a break. Premier League preview time. Right now, I'm going to begin it. Now, what do you do when you do a Premier League preview? You break this up into three dramatic groups. The haves, the kind of haves who are hoping to not get relegated, and the relegated. That's it. And never the twain shall meet, basically. For the most part. I know you get occasionally you get the Leicester City story. Stop tweeting me about that. I get it. Okay, it happened once. Blackburn won the the premiership way back. Uh, yes, but let's be realistic. This season, there's about five or six teams are going to be right up in the top five or six spots, and everybody else will be fighting for the scraps, and then you'll have some teams just begging not to get relegated out of this money pit that is the premiership, right? This pot of gold. That's it. So that's how you do a, a Premier League preview. It is not my favorite league. Is it a good league? You bet. Is it the most balanced league in the world in terms of having really great teams? I'm not talking about the most balanced. MLS is one of the most balanced leagues in the world. The Premiership is right up there with in terms of competition, no doubt. It's probably the best. But is it the best league talent-wise? No. No, it is not. And these top teams that I'm about to tell you about are still not to the level of Real Madrid, Barcelona, Atletico Madrid, Bayern Munich. They're just not. Now, could they beat them on any given day? Yes. But they're not at that level consistently. However, we do have some teams here that I'm very excited about in the Premier League, at the top of the Premier League. And I want to hear from you. Give me your top four. At Talk Soccer on Twitter. Hit me up with your Premier League top four. Because I'm going to give you my the teams that I really think are going to battle. I love 
love, love what Chelsea did last season. They were incredible. Antonio Conte, one of the best managers in the world, without doubt, and he proved it. Uh, bringing in Al- uh, Morata is a great move. I love Alvaro Morata because he's not afraid to be a teammate, right? He's not a guy who desperately needs 30 goals a season or he's going to be miserable. No, he's a teammate. He makes Chelsea better up front. They didn't lose a whole lot besides Matic. Losing Nemanja Matic to Man United, yeah, it's a big move. No question. It's going to hurt him. I mean, they lost some other talent. I don't, I'm not, I've never been huge on Quadrado. He goes back to the event. I, I don't know. They didn't lose a ton, in my estimation. Traore, yeah, okay, going to Leon. I mean, they lost some nice players. Solanka is going to be good at Liverpool. Okay, but you know what I'm saying. They didn't bring in a ton. I like Rudiger, and I like Murata. That's enough. Bakayoko, yes, talented. So they brought in, not numbers, but they brought in talent. So Chelsea would be right up there, no doubt. Man United, don't I mean don't sell Jose Mourinho on his second season out short, right? That's what he does. And I love bringing in Lukaku. Romelu Lukaku is the key for this season for Manchester United, without doubt. Now, they have plenty of other talent around. Don't get me wrong. I love Mkhitaryan. I love what they're building. Lindelof's going to be good. He's not going to be great. I didn't love that signing. And, you know, they didn't lose a lot. I mean, Love Wayne Rooney as a talent, as a player in terms of his career, but he needed to go back to Everton. That's fine. It's all about Lukaku for Man United this season. Arsenal, similar story to me. It's about keeping Alexis Sanchez happy if he stays. We know the rumors are flying around about PSG. But if Alexis stays, he's got to be happy and he's got to fit in with Alexander Lacazette. Lacazette can be an immense talent under Arsene Wenger. I really believe that. This guy, and look, say Kolasinac is solid. That's a good signing. He's all right. I mean, he's solid. He's he's not world class. I, people are kind of making too much out of Kolasinac. He's good. And he's very good at times. But he will help Arsenal. Lacazette is the difference. He's going to have to be key. Tottenham didn't do much, and they didn't need to. Tottenham are loaded, aren't they? I mean, I love that team. I love what Pochettino can do. This team scored goals for fun. Their goal difference was out of this world last season. No, they couldn't keep up with Chelsea. Drew a few too many games at times. That's one of the things about Tottenham. they got to start winning some of those games. But this is a loaded team that will have no trouble being right near the top of the Premier League. Liverpool is an also-ran this season. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to slip, but they're not a top-four team. Not this year. I didn't hate what Jurgen Klopp did. Right in this in this transfer window, and if he can keep Coutinho, that's it's crucial. I like Mohamed Salah, I really do. I mean, we can actually ask Bob Bradley about him coming up. But Salah's a great signing. Don't get me wrong, losing Lucas Leva, okay, you know, talent, a gritty guy, worker. They're not going to be uh, long for that though. And bringing Salah in helps, but I just feel the other teams have improved a little bit more at this top level that I'm talking about. And finally, Man City. Bernardo Silva coming in is the key, but they brought in a lot of talent. Yeah, they lost some talent, no doubt. But nobody that's going to really... They bring in Kyle Walker and Ederson, Douglas Luiz, Benjamin Mendy from Monaco, who I love. Man City is my team to beat this season under Pep Guardiola. Look out. If Bernardo Silva is the Bernardo Silva of 16-17, oh, man, can Man City do some damage this season. Aguero's got to stay healthy, but Man City is my team to beat. I think they're going to take tremendous strides forward with my top four, including Chelsea. 
Man United and Tottenham. Those are my four. Arsenal and Liverpool on the outside looking in, still being very dangerous and potentially very good. We'll talk more about the Premier League preview coming up. Coming up next from ESPN FC, joining me, Sebastian Salazar. He's coming up. Soccer Weekly, Dave Dunholm and you hanging out on ESPN LA 710. What a massive week here on Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA 710, presented by Puente Hills Toyota. I am Dave Dunholm hanging out with you on the home of world football here in Southern California. It is ESPN LA 710. We've got my LA Galaxy are the worst team in MLS right now after DC United makes a couple of moves before the transfer window closes, including getting Paul Areola from Tijuana in a big, uh, big transfer there. We've got... My Premier League preview, I've already taken care of the top teams. We'll be talking more about that coming up shortly. We've also got Bob Bradley coming up, but right now, joining me, he's from ESPN FC, and we love his work there. A pleasure to have him on the show, Sebastian Salazar. Sebastian, thanks for taking the time, buddy. Appreciate it. Hey, no worries. Uh, Great to be with you. Well, Sebastian, the big news out of all that, we still didn't get to the biggest story. That is Carlos Vela coming to LAFC as their first ever DP signing. Sebastian, what does this mean for the club and then for MLS as well? I think for the club, you really couldn't have made a better choice. You know, I think there might be bigger stars out there, but what you want to accomplish in the market, uh, it's really exciting. Obviously, a huge Mexican-American following. You could make a very, very strong argument that Carlos Vela right now is the best player on the national team, just look at the reaction that Juan Carlos Osorio got when he didn't play him against Germany in the <laughs> semifinals of the Confederations Cup. So uh, it's a perfect, perfect landing for him, uh, I think, for LAFC. I'm interested to, to see about the dynamic between he and Bob Bradley. I'm sure you'll ask him about that. Bradley comes off as a super stern guy. Vela seems a little bit more relaxed, so um, they may have to come to an agreement, but they're both top-notch professionals, so I, I think that's kind of what separates them from others who haven't had the success that they've each had in their respective careers. And from the league, man, oh, you got to be salivating. you got a Galaxy team with both Dos Santos brothers. you got Carlos Vela on LASC who's coming in, you know, with all of the capabilities and resources to do something Atlanta-esque or greater. Uh, and I think you're looking at hitting one of the biggest, most important, both soccer markets and just general media markets in the country with an overdose of not just soccer, but MLS soccer. And you're also making key inroads into the Mexican-American fan, which is a massive, massive deal for MLS right now. You know, they're not chasing folks who watch the Premier League as much as they were 10 or 15 years ago. They're looking at a very, very specific demographic. Uh, These DP signings point us in that direction. And I think the L.A. market is the spot in the United States to really, really make those inroads. I love it. I couldn't agree more. Sebastian Salazar is my guest here from ESPN FC. You can check him out on Twitter at Sebi Salazar Foot, F-U-T. I love that. Sebastian, this I think is a little overblown, but i got to ask the question, what does this mean for El Tree with Carlos Vela coming to MLS? So many people panic about that if you're an El Tree well, yeah, fan. So the, let's, let's talk about perception and reality, right? Because we watch MLS a lot here, and we know that it's a much different league than it was a decade ago. But I think we also have to be honest with ourselves about where the perception of the league is. Yeah. And the perception of the league, when you get beyond our borders, because people don't watch, that's the real truth of it. People don't watch, and they make assumptions. They still believe that the level of play, the level of commitment, the level of, of affection from the fans 
is on 2007 and pre-levels. They're, they're a decade behind in the reality. And that's especially true, guys, even though we share a border uh, in Mexico. I mean, I, I just don't think they consume the league in the way, certainly not in any way comparable to how we in this country consume Liga MX. And so, especially in the media, there is this idea that a Mexican player who leaves Europe and in some cases, maybe even if you were to come back to Mexico, but definitely, definitely if they come back to Major League Soccer, is basically just retiring, an early retirement. Now, people in Mexico will point to what's happened to Giovanni Dos Santos since he came to the L.A. Galaxy. And the truth is, look, Gio is still getting minutes, still getting important call-ups. He's still a big part of Juan Carlos Osorio's plans, even when he hasn't played well. And the truth is, yeah, for times over the last year and a half since Gio came to the U.S., he hasn't played excellent with the national team. And he was incredible in 2014. That game against Holland, for the hour that he was on the field, he was the best player on the field. Maybe I'm a little bit biased. But he is that type of player, and I think Mexican fans haven't seen that level since, and they draw it to where he is at club. I don't think it's that easy. I don't think it's that direct. I think that's oversimplifying it. And I think, again, a lot of that comes from the standard Mexican fan just not having a lot of access or interest in MLS and knowing what the unique challenges of this league are and how they might prepare for the national team. But trust me, the people in Mexico are talking about this. They They are hammering Carlos Vela just like weeks ago they hammered Jonathan Dos Santos. They're saying these guys are taking the easy way out. They're going to L.A., they're going for the lifestyle, they're not going to the soccer. And I think it's a little bit disingenuous. You know, anybody in any line of work, they offer you more money and a better job, you're going to take it. And I think that, you know, before we start to worry about these criticisms and what it means to the national team, you know, a guy who's happy in a place and feeling rewarded and, and, and feeling in a good place in his career professionally is just as likely, if not more likely, to render you results at the national team level than a guy who's struggling for minutes in Belgium or, you know, a 12th place team in La Liga. You know, I I think we, we think we know what's best for these guys a lot more often than we really know. And uh, by the way, El Tree fans, uh, Gio Dos Santos was the only one to pulse against Germany in that bloodbath in the Confederations Cup offensively. He did more things special that game than anybody else in El Tree's uniform that day. Uh, Sebastian Salazar is my guest here from ESPN FC here on Soccer Weekly. I'm Dave Denholm, and you are listening to ESPN LA 710. Sebastian, let's turn to uh, Liga Emekis and my Pachuca. What is wrong with my Pachuca right now? Man, I forget. Herc told me he was on the show with you, and you're a big Pachuca guy. Look, um, they made some they made some big moves this off season. They, they but I I think Pachuca for so long, and and maybe this is why you like them. You know, they had the identity, even though it's a um, you know they call it Cantera versus Cartera, right? Mm-hmm. So Academy versus Wallet, and I think you know they they had this identity within the team. Um, of players who, even if they weren't formed at Pachuca, were young Mexican guys who knew the league, who had run up a bunch of appearances before they were 21, 22, 23 years old. Um, but you have to be honest, that base uh, has either aged out of that or, or in the case of a guy like Chucky Lozano, which is not just any guy to lose. I mean, if you watched the league at all last year, a, he was the most impactful player, and you know, B, he was the most fouled. They, they killed him. So 
he, he was a magnet to defenders and the ball, the impact that he had on opening space for that team. Yeah. But once you get a Kaisuke Honda going, once you get these guys rolling, I think there's no shortage of talent there. Um, I, I love the way, I love the way to play. I love the way, the style. And so I, I think we, you can't overreact in Liga Mekis to, to three weeks, three, four weeks. Yeah, fair can't. enough. Fair I enough. Mean, look, look at what, look at what Tigres did last year. You know, they, they came out of the gates incredibly slow closed and should have won the final you know so you 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 the the season is ups and downs and i just wouldn't worry about a team that starts slow i like your thinking there uh, sebastian let me ask you about this mls top 30 uh, player ranking yeah. that you guys had out which i loved and uh, mario Rees, my great producer and i we absorbed this and uh, didn't you know didn't disagree with too much but it started some good conversations uh you had near the top of course the guys like jo- you know Jovinko and David Villa were right up there where will Carlos Vela possibly eventually fit into this type of list great great question so I think there's an obvious so to, to, when I looked at the at the top few guys right to me there's a top tier which is Sebastian Jovinko and David Villa those are one and one a uh, whatever you want to do with those, you can defend it. I went Giovinco. He was my number one, even though I know David Villa came out number one on the overall compilation of the rankings. To me, then, there's a drop-off to number three. But three, to me, is also still very clear. That's Diego Valeri. To me, he's the third best, most impactful, consistent player in MLS. Mm-hmm. To me, Vela's better than Diego Valeri. I don't know that he's better than David Villa or more impactful. I don't think he's better than Sebastian Giovinco. So I put him at number three, but then clearly in that top tier, if that makes sense. Now your top tier goes from two guys to three guys, and Valeria is still fourth, but kind of a distant fourth. Mm. Great stuff from Sebastian Salazar. It has been a pleasure. He is uh, on ESPN FC. Check out his work there. Check him out on Twitter, at Sebi Salazar Foot, F-U-T. Sebastian, thank you so much for taking the time and breaking it down for us. Anytime, anytime. Glad to be with you. Absolutely. Always a pleasure to talk to him. And he is just fantastic when it comes to world football here. And, of course, El Tree. Really appreciate Sebastian Salazar taking the time. Check him out at ESPN FC. They do great stuff over there. I'm always at ESPN FC. And uh, also on Twitter, at Sebi Salazar Foot, F-U-T. That's a good name, too. I love that. So uh, great stuff. Look, he's not wrong about Carlos Vela and the impact he can have. I don't know that Carlos Vela can have that type of impact right away with LAFC because you've still got to build a whole team around him. It's not as though Carlos Vela is going to be lacking talent. Where else does the talent come from, though? And they still have plenty of time. You know, look, they're on the right track. I hate to admit it. You know how much I love my LA Galaxy, the worst team in MLS right now. But I hate to admit it, LAFC is on the right track with that kind of signing. Thanks so much to Sebastian. Coming up, though, still to come, LAFC head coach Bob Bradley will be joining us next. Soccer Weekly, Dave Denholm and you on ESPN LA 710. Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710, presented by Puente Hills Toyota. I'm Dave Denholm, hanging out with you, talking the beautiful game like we do every Wednesday here at this time on the home of world football here in Southern California. It is ESPN LA 710. It is a pleasure right now to be joined by the very first manager of LA Football Club. He is Bob Bradley, former U.S. national team manager. Bob, thank you so much for taking the time and joining us here. Dave, thanks for having me on. Bob, let's just get right to it. What a day for you. Carlos Vela becomes the first big-name acquisition for LAFC. Bob, let's start it with that. Why Vela? Oh, I think he's a great talent. Uh, You know, he's a guy who 
is fun to watch. He's exciting. He can score goals. He sets up goals. And I, I think, it, you know, when you try to build a team and, and you do it in a great city like Los Angeles where people know football, uh, you've got to bring in some players that uh, are exciting, fun to watch, and, and make the rest of the team better. We are talking with Bob Bradley, the first manager here of LAFC, joining us here on Soccer Weekly. Bob, I asked you this at the, you, the press conference where they introduced you. I'm going to ask it again now with the wider audience here. You're a, a manager who's always been willing to take a look at his talent and kind of mold your style and formation to fit that talent, whatever that is, whatever your strengths are, whatever particular team you're managing. Now you're building from scratch. What kind of style, what kind of formation should LAFC fans expect from you out of the out of the gate? Uh, you know, I think in terms of formations, Dave, that things are becoming uh, more flexible. So, yeah. you know, the, the idea that certain teams have four in the back, but in different moments in the game, if you didn't know, it would look more like three. But in all of that, the idea that when we have the ball, uh, we know how to keep it, we know how to move it quickly, uh, that there's a mentality that when we lose the ball, we want to win it back quickly. Uh, so I, I think you're right on target that when you come into a situation like this, you want there to be a, a style of play and a philosophy, and then you try to, to make sure that you can find players and establish some great starting points. Bob, what do you like about Los Angeles? You've been here before. What do you like about this city? Uh, I, I love the the diversity of the city. I love the heart of the city. Uh, you know, in, in my coaching career, uh, when you have a chance to do something that connects with the city, and 20 years ago, the team we built in Chicago, I'll never forget the, the feeling that there was something special between the city, the team, the players. Uh, you know, when you're in a place like Cairo, yes, I'm the national team coach, but uh, just knowing what football meant to the, the fans of Zamalek, the fans of Ali. And so, you know, L.A.'s got that kind of uh, diversity, that type of passion for the game. So I, I really love that. And then, you know, Dave, I'm a sports fan. And... <laughs> Over the years, you know, whether it's the Lakers, the Dodgers, the Kings, uh, you know, I, I love when a great player is in L.A. and he's a big name, but more than that, I love when he's successful and his team wins and, and then you see how that all works. We're talking with Bob Bradley, first manager ever of LAFC. This is also a man who won a title in MLS, guiding an expansion team to that title in Chicago Fire in 1998. And, Bob, obviously things are different, no question, but a, a, an organization like LAFC doesn't build a nearly $400 million stadium to not be successful. You know, What are the differences in terms of pressure and, and building now in MLS compared to when you first did that with Chicago nearly two decades ago? Of course, there's different rules, and the league has grown in so many ways. But, uh, you know, Chicago is also a sports city, and there was still uh, a, a great understanding of the game. And so you had to put something on the field right from the beginning that real real fans respected. Uh, and as I said at the press conference, our first signing was Peter Novak. He had been captain of the Polish national team. And that showed the soccer community in Chicago that we were serious. I think Carlos uh, gives us the same type of uh, immediate respect in Los Angeles, but 
then you've got to go to work putting the right players uh, around him in place. And, and, you know, a player like Carlos Vela, uh, obviously to see him do great things on the ball, there's got to be people who, who play balls to his feet. There's got to be people who win the ball back so that he can uh, get the ball in good positions. So, you know, the building of a, of a soccer team, you've got to understand all the details. I'm a, a huge fan of Barcelona, and uh, if we had guys like Iniesta and Xavi with us today, they would tell you how important Busquets was. Yeah. And, you know, Messi would tell you how important Xavi and, and Iniesta were. So you've got to build a team that, that has all parts, and, and, and that's the way you can be successful. Obviously, you're working with John Thorington, who's taking care of the off-the-field you know, the operations, general manager type stuff. Are there markets or leagues? And this is a question coming from Twitter. We had some great questions that we uh, wanted to pose to you from the fans, from the LAFC. This is one uh, coming uh, from Jordan. He says, are there markets or leagues, Bob, that you're looking at to tap into when it comes to non-designated player signings, those key you know, areas where you can get talent maybe a little more cheaply? Uh, it's a great question. And, and you know, I, I, as you know, I coached in Chicago. Uh, I had three years then back with the Metro Stars and one year with Chivas USA. And I was always trying to reach out in different communities. Yeah. Uh, with Metro Stars, I found a young Brazilian defender named Danilo Silva. And uh, the first year we had him with Metro Stars, his knee uh, kept him from playing a lot. Uh, eventually I came to Chivas USA. He left the league. He's been a regular for Dynamo Kiev for many years. So, you know, when you look around Paraguay, Uruguay, Chile, uh, obviously, uh, Central America, uh, I had Amado Guevara in the league and I, he was league MVP. Uh, so you've got to really spread your net. And, you know, I, I think that, uh, when you look at the top clubs in the world these days, they are being proactive trying to find players from different places, and we've got to work in the same way. And another good question, this one from Christian. He asks, Bob, what's your opinion of the, I guess, the analytics, the metrics, the telemetry data that's coming out now in all of sport, not just soccer? Uh, I've worked very hard to, to understand how it works and to know how to, to tailor it uh, for everything I do. Mm -hmm. uh, so an example is uh, that even when you, you look at scouting and recruiting, uh, it's not possible to, to watch players, uh, a thousand players, but you can use that data to narrow it down to a smaller group. Uh, you can give a profile and age the kind of player you're looking for, and that data can produce names, and then you can obviously go to work uh, pulling up video and really getting to know the player or seeing them live. So I, I think analytics has changed all sports. And, and for me, uh, it's got to be part of uh, how we work at LAFC. I know you're building, Bob, but what do you expect out of this club? In the, what, what's the expectations of the first couple of seasons here with LAFC in the standings themselves? I think the expansion team always talks about making the playoffs, but, but it's important to say that that's, that's sort of just a basic goal as you start. If the team comes together, if the understandings grow and the football gets to be uh, quicker and, and sharper, then 
you know, at different points you start to change. And, and so if I think back to Chicago, there was uh, – we won our first two games, then we lost five in a row. And I, I reminded the players that we're going in the right direction. Uh, it's not like we need a new plan. And we proceeded to win 11 games in a row. And somewhere in that period, we knew we were a good team. So I, I, I understand in the early seasons you don't want to – make outrageous claims but i want to build a good team i want to make our football fun to watch i want to be a team that has a real identity and if we can do those things then we'll see what that means as we go through the season talking with manager bob bradley first manager of lafc on the heels of uh, signing their uh, newest and first dp uh, carlos vela who will be joining mls bob have you uh, had lunch yet with will farrell you know, I met Will years ago watching Real Madrid, Real Madrid train. Um, and so I, I've not uh, had a chance to have a lunch with him. But uh, obviously at that moment, uh, I knew what a fan he was. And there he is uh, watching, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo and uh, Benzema and all these guys. And, uh, and I knew at that point that uh, it's great that, uh, the game has grown so much in the country that uh, celebrities like Will Farrow are out watching uh, Real Madrid train. So I'm looking forward to uh, spending more time with them. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. No question about it, Bob. This has been interesting. Thank you so much for taking the time. Bob Bradley, first manager of LAFC, joining me here on Soccer Weekly. Thank you very much, Bob. Thanks, Dave. You bet. That's Bob Bradley. He, of course, the former manager of the United States national team and will now manage LAFC, his second expansion team in MLS. You heard us talking about Chicago Fire when uh, Bradley actually led them to a title in like the third season of MLS. They joined up in 1998. I remember it very well. Unfortunately for my LA Galaxy, I remember it all too well with his Chicago Fire. So uh, thanks again to Bob Bradley uh, joining us and all the questions that came flying in. I, I was only able to ask a couple in terms of the time we had based on Twitter. You can hit me up at Talk Soccer. your reaction to what uh, Mr. Bradley said there, the uh, new manager of LAFC. But some fascinating stuff. We had some great questions. He wasn't lying about that. They were uh, fantastic work by you. We still have so much more to get to. I got to tell you more about the Premier League, which gets going. Can you believe this show? We are packed here on the home of world football. It's Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA 710. This is Soccer Weekly ESPN LA 710 presented by Puente Hills Toyota. Get your new 2017 Toyota Camry LE today at Puente Hills Toyota. Check them out. Puente Hills Toyota. Dot com. Great interview with Bob Bradley. We just had that. Great interview with Seb Salazar earlier. Sebastian Salazar of ESPN FC joined me earlier in the show. Also talked about the the Premier League, the top of the table. I believe it's Man City's year going along with teams like Chelsea and, and Man United and Tottenham. Those are my top four. Arsenal, Liverpool just on the outside looking in. But I will say this. If you missed anything, go to the podcast each and every week. Immediate, I mean, Jesse Lopez does some voodoo on some machine over there. It's just amazing. Minutes after I leave the studio, seconds virtually, that podcast will be ready for you on iTunes. Just all you got to do is search Soccer Weekly for your podcast. And by the way, subscribe, rate, and review it, please. You can even be harsh on me if you hate me or hate the show. I can handle it. Please do that would appreciate it. But if you miss anything throughout the week, especially that Bob Bradley interview and, of course, the talk with Sebastian Salazar, it has been a massive show, and we continue right now. Let's go to the phone lines. And Eddie in the Valley, you are up here on Soccer Weekly with Dave Denholm. Welcome, Eddie. 
Hey, Dave. Thanks for having me. Uh, just real quick, last time I called was the eve of the Mexican final. Told you Chivas had nothing to lose. How you like me now, Dave? Eddie ain't lying from the Valley. He was right. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I want to talk about Carlos Vela real quick. Yeah, sure. Um, so I try to give the MLS a, a chance. I mean, uh, Amer- uh, American-born Mexican. Um, I've you know followed along since the inception, the Jorge Campos days, Cienfuegos, Cali Judy, Andrew Shu. I've tried to give it a shot when Carlos Rocio came over, Luis Hernandez, Gio, Jonathan. But you know what? It's never really felt right. Long story short, Carlos Vela, I want to see how big of a signing it is. Just yesterday when they announced that he signed with LAFC, I immediately went online and I uh, donated my money uh, buying a couple of uh, season tickets. Wow. Well, Eddie, thank you for the – there you go. I mean, that's the bottom line right there. The bottom line is the bottom line. And Eddie, who has been following an MLS on the periphery for a long time, right? He's been following Major League Soccer for those years on the periphery, he says, right? Couldn't quite go all in with both feet. Carlos Vela, boom. LAFC has a new season ticket. I mean, look, that's all you need to know. Thanks for the phone call, Eddie. Appreciate that. I mean, make of it what you will, but Eddie ain't lying. And that's pretty uh, pretty amazing. That leaves an impression. No doubt. You know who's not going to leave an impression in the Premier League? Well, I've got my uh, relegated teams. We told you about the top. Oh, boy. I've got two teams that might surprise. We'll save them. But the relegated teams for me, and this is painful. Painful. I do not like what I'm seeing out of Huddersfield. I love David Wagner, the manager, American manager. Going to be fun to watch. I love that they bring in Danny Williams, the American from Reading. Tom Ince, I think he's 48 years old. It seems like he's been all over the place. Good talent. They bring him in. Aaron Moy from uh, Man City. They just not quite enough. I'm not quite sold on Huddersfield. Uh, I don't like Swansea's chances. I think they're going to be relegated. This is a team that, uh, you know, I mean, I like Mulder coming in from here in Veen. I like Roque Mesa. Even Tammy Abraham on loan. Okay. They didn't lose a ton, but they used Borja and uh, Bafatemi Gobis and, you know, Jordi Amat. Okay. I, they just didn't have enough anyway. Look. Gilfie Sigerson's the difference there in Swansea. If he really wants to play and take that next step, he's got the talent. He really hasn't shown me enough over the last couple of years, though. It's The talent's there, and at times, he's a magnificent midfielder. He's not worth 50 million pounds. Are you kidding me? He's got to prove it. I think Swansea gets relegated, and this is a painful one. Burnley. I don't see enough out of Burnley coming, you know, being able. Look, I, I love what they've done. Scrappy. Sean is a great manager. Sean Dyche gets it, you know, as much as he can out of that club. I just don't think it's enough this season. Two teams I think you ought to keep an eye on. West Ham made a lot of good moves. Let's be realistic here. They're going to have to work now. Chicharito is the biggest. Zabaleta, eh. if Joe Hart wants to play and decides he can uh, maintain some consistency, I like this team. They got rid of a lot. Look, they lost Ender Valencia. We know that. Norton fight goes over to Hoffenheim. They sell Darren Randolph and Ashley Fletcher to Middlesbrough. But this is a team that could do some damage if Chicharito can get to that consistent level with the with the, the midfield supplying enough there. I like what they're doing. Another team I like, you know, Stoke City. Yeah, I said it. I love the mood for uh, the move for. Um, Eric Maxim Tupo Moting from Schalke. Darren Fletcher comes in, adds a little grit. 
Kurt Zuma might have some talent. They lost a few players, some older players. They didn't lose a ton, and I like what uh, Mark Hughes can do with that team potentially. I'm not saying they're vaulting into the top four or five. Don't misread. But a team that could be dangerous and give the top teams fits could be Stoke City and West Ham. And maybe they kind of you know, battle with Everton kind of in that area. Solid, good seasons I expect out of them. Relegated again, Huddersfield, Swansea, and Burnley. Mario, you know what time it is. It's always our favorite time. What time is it? Stop it's time! Stop it's time! Stop it's time! Right now! The great Mario Rees, our producer here at Soccer Weekly. It is stoppage time, Mario. What do we got, baby? All right, Dave. So a lot of Mexican national team stars have recently made the jump into MLS. Latest, of course, Carlos Vela to LAFC. Jonathan uh, Dos Santos a couple weeks ago to Galaxy and his brother a couple years ago. But there's been a lot of criticism, Dave. A lot of criticism from the Mexican media on the choice to play we in heard, MLS. We heard Seb Salazar mention that, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Chicharito has defended his fellow Mexican teammates for making the move to MLS, and he believes that the national team will continue including Vela, regardless of the league he plays in. Which side are you on, Dave? Well, I don't disagree with Chicharito in principle. MLS is fine for these players. I, like I said, Gio Dos Santos was the best offensive player uh, L3 had against Germany. Now, they got crushed in that game, so everybody thought they all played terrible. Dos Santos played great in that game. And by the way, when things are clicking for the Galaxy, which has not been often this year, most of the time that's through Dos Santos. He made a couple of passes in this last bloodbath we suffered through that were brilliant. It's just that he's got Jack McInerney running up front in front of him. So, come on. We've seen Gio Dos Santos play very well in MLS when Robbie Keane and he were clicking together. That's That's overblown. However... By the way, Chicharito, uh, he also didn't sign with MLS, and it appears he's allergic to wanting to sign with MLS. <laughs> right. Otherwise, you know, I, I might believe him a little bit more. I agree with his sentiment. I might believe what he's saying a little bit more. You know, if he actually came to MLS and joined LA Galaxy like he could have, or even joined LAFC, or the number of other teams that have likely approached him, come on. Stop this time! All right, so Real Madrid just beat Man U 2-1 in the Super Cup. Without Cristiano Ronaldo, yeah. what does this say uh, about the Red Devils? Well, yeah, I mean, what it says is I like what I saw out of Man United at times. There's not enough consistency to battle a team like Real Madrid for 90 minutes. They're just not quite at that level. Now, this is a team, remember, I'm picking who could be in the top three in the Premier League. They could win the Premier League. There's no doubt about it. I mean, they're good enough, too. But that just goes to show you, it tells you where the Premier League is at and where Man United is at. They're not capable of winning the Champions League. No team in Premier League action is a favorite to win the Champions League by, by any stretch of the imagination. They're not close. That's what it tells you. Great stuff, Mario Rees. Thank you so much, Jesse Lopez. Thank you for listening. As always, check out the uh, the uh, go to iTunes. Check out the podcast. Search for Soccer Weekly. Subscribe, rate, and review that. We would appreciate it. Thanks so much to LAFC head coach Bob Bradley. Check out that interview on the podcast and ESPN FC Sebastian Salazar. I'm Dave Denholm, and you are listening to Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA seven ten.